Hello, my friends. Mandy here with a quick invitation for you to join the Patreon for our show. We've recently switched up some of the benefits, including a new monthly workbook to go along with all the incredible content you're getting on the show. It's a quote yourself through grief kind of a vibe. And for only $10 a month, it is a wholly worthy and affordable way to invest in your own healing process without the commitment of a full coaching relationship. Learn more at patreon.com slash Mandy Capehart. And of course, the link is in the show notes. Thank you as always for being here. Now let's get into the good stuff. Welcome back to Restorative Grief with Mandy K. Part. You are listening to episode 100, titled Binaries in This Economy? Well, happy podcast listening day, my friend. I hope you're feeling great today. Or maybe you're not feeling so great. Maybe it's not such a happy day for you. Maybe it's an exhausting day. Maybe you're in the middle of your week and hoping to find something to feel a little lighter by listening to what seems like a lighthearted, fun conversation, right? Just a grief podcast, just something to get our mind off of what's in front of us. Before we go much further, let's pause to begin. Take a breath naturally and let your body soften for a moment. Check in with your mind, your emotions, your body, your breath, and your energy. Where are they at? Wiggle your toes a bit, even if you're coming to this chat with a relatively light burden today, and let your body rest while you wait with me so we can address something that we encounter in grief work that can be so harmful even when it seems helpful. That something is binary thinking. To be able to address it really well, it helps to start from a place of peace. I want to address something that I see often in the grief world, but even more often, I see it around conversations of deconstruction and faith changes. Discussions of grieving practices in religious communities are polarizing. As the majority of people in a faith practice tend to believe that their practices are the best, the debate about how to grieve and how to honor your loss results in a lot of hurt feelings and broken relationships. Secondary losses like this are so common, and not because we're trying to cause more pain, but because we do not understand how to hold two things to be true when we're hurting. We crave the simplest explanation to keep ourselves as grounded as we can, but that is a false grounding. A conversation on Twitter this week about Christian funeral services is what brought this conversation to mind. I've attended many in my day, and at least in the last five years, they've been even more activating for me than before. The conversation on Twitter started with someone sharing the fact that while they were grieving, a mutual friend could not help themselves and sent a blog post that they'd written to this person titled, How to Be Happy in All Things insinuating, of course, that even in death, we should celebrate because of a belief in the afterlife. Now, we're not going to spend our time on the common debate about who believes what and what is true, because I know that everyone listening has a different opinion about an afterlife. So let's take a moment instead to recognize how this well-intentioned person centered their own understanding of life and loss onto the griever out of a desire to keep things simple. When we send grief support without the consent of another person, we are asking them to trust that our ways are better than theirs. We're encouraging them with what we find meaningful and maybe doing so without ever asking what would be meaningful for them. Most of the services I've attended include a long list of scriptural references, often bypassing the very nature of our pain and very real circumstances. I think we want to end things on a happy note, and I get it. 
Discomfort and grief are hard to navigate alone, let alone socially, and especially as a leader in a community. When we center the outcome on our own abilities, of course, we will feel helpless at a funeral, especially if we're leading it. It's not ours to resolve, and our authority is meaningless. So how then do we, as thought leaders around grief, which I think every one of us listening is, exist? How do we do this as so-called leaders in a way that is meaningful and helpful without bypassing or sharing indiscriminately? Most of the pastors I know would say they're not bypassing. By sharing scriptures, they are showing the both and. They are demonstrating the ability for two things to be true. We can grieve and we can celebrate. And that might be true for some people. But for the majority of people that I've worked with and talked to in the face of their grief, and especially when it's in the first few years, those things aren't necessarily helpful until they are the ones seeking them out. So when I think about how I can present any type of resource, I'm reminded that some of us, or most of us, struggle with the both and. That when we are grieving, the joyful people can make our pain feel meaningless. When we are happy, the grieving people can make our joy feel offensive. It's a difficult mindset to break from, especially if you are carrying some background narrative of a faith practice, because there were clear lines drawn around right and wrong and good and evil. Which is why I walked away ultimately from a lot of those mindsets, but also worked diligently to remove the binary language of good and bad or right and wrong from most of my work. Obviously, there are areas where a binary is necessary, but those are few and far in between and not the topic we're discussing today. When I reflect on how I navigated my life existing in those binary spaces, I can see how damaging it was for my own connections and growth. I could not handle carrying conflicting information because all I wanted was clarity and all I felt I carried was mud. When my grief was so heavy, I only wanted relatable content. And when my joy was palpable, I didn't want to hear from the heavy burdened. But then I grew up. Does that sound a little harsh? Okay, let me try again. (laughs) Then I remembered that two things can be true. That the binary is a false understanding designed to create an illusion of control. And my experience in life can be enriched by widening my circle of influence and understanding and allowing others to impact me positively, even if it feels a little uncomfortable to begin. Almost every griever I work with wants more clarity and more control, but they're both concepts that are a bit misunderstood. We conflate the two ideas, believing that if we can regain control, we can gain clarity. In some areas, we can demonstrate our control through the evidence of how we bear it. But clarity is not really like that, and the two are less related than we think. True clarity is a perception that opens us up to more than we have access to in the present moment. But we lose sight altogether if our control and clarity are bound, which is typically why so many grievers feel lost in circular thinking. Gaining clarity does not mean eradicating the gray space. It means recognizing the gray space contains multitudes, safety, invitation, hope, and healing. In the gray space, there is joy and grief and sorrow and laughter and pain and relief and companionship and solitude all at the same time. If I could approach the next celebration of life service with this mindset that we are all at any given point carrying these many complexities both within and without of ourselves, then I suspect the way I speak with others would soften. I would ask more questions. 
I would certainly offer fewer resolutions, if any. I could invite the curiosity of others to wonder and dream, mourn, dance, and wail in whatever way their bodies, hearts, minds, and spirits needed to feel a sense of relief and connection. The entire point of a gathering, be it a funeral or a party, is connection. To stay invested in one another and our collective and individual flourishing. So rather than shutting down questions about the unknown or disallowing people from being upset or confused, maybe it's time for us to embrace what very little we know and become learners again. The both-and existence we truly want is only available to us if we are willing to be teachable, open, and flexible. Our lives are never truly existing in a black-and-white paradigm, but the idea of such a simplicity is pretty damn tempting to the brokenhearted or the naively insulated. So please remember that you are neither, and you are both, and you are so much more. In every arena, we have things to learn, things to mourn, and things to celebrate. Let your complexity be what leads you into a deeper compassion and curiosity for your grief and your life, for the people that you know and love, for those that you avoid. This is where you and I will find the clarity we seek. May that clarity and your own humanity flourish as deeply as you'll allow it to. Thank you for listening to episode 100 of Restorative Grief. This conversation about breaking binaries is always a fascinating one for me since we are all carrying them in areas we least expect. Even as a big fan of nuance, dichotomous thinking is an easy habit for me to fall into. I'm grateful to every single person in my life that has helped me disarm my binary thinking where it causes harm to myself and others, and especially thankful to those who allow us to laugh in the moments of our missteps. This economy can support so much flourishing for every single one of us that it makes no sense for us to hold on to antiquated thinking that limits our growth and healing. I hope this conversation sparks something explosive and curious in you as you heal as well. If this is your first time listening, thank you for sticking with me, for making space in your life, and for allowing your heart to expand a little bit more today. Take a minute to check the show notes for resources and coaching information because my practice, Restorative Grief Coaching, is always taking on new clients for life, grief, somatic coaching, and more. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a weekly episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a five-star review. I love them. And I'd love to hear how this episode landed with you. Thank you again to all of my patrons. You are amazing. Please consider joining our Patreon and receiving some new bonuses and making some new grief literate friends because we would love to connect with you as well. And one last thing, as always, please remember the only solution for grief is to do the work of grieving. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.